Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Let's uh, change tack a little bit, and I'm joined by Stuart Clark. Haven't spoken to Stuart for quite some time from Hot Press. How are you doing, Stuart? I'm good. We've survived anyway, just about. Just about, but Stuart, reading material is something that people are really cherishing at the moment. You have an absolute cracker of a book. Why can't we? Tell us more. Well, basically, it's the story of the Cranberries and Loris O'Reardon told through the pages of Hot Press. I was fortunate, Alan, I was working on local radio in Limerick and writing for a local paper back in the day in sort of 1989. And these four hairy blokes called the Cranberry Saurus, well, they were, they were doing okay. Uh, they sounded like the Smiths, like every single band did back then. And the lead singer then quit, and it was like, oh, they're going to probably fold. But then they thought, we might try something a bit different. So my girlfriend at the time was at Laurel Hill School and said, oh, Dolores, who sings in the school choir, is going to try out for that band, you know. And I said, is she any good? Oh, she sings a brilliant Ave Maria, but I don't think she's into rock and roll. So I didn't think much about it. And then, of course, two weeks later, she had the gig, yeah. and the rest is history. It surely is. I remember meeting Dolores and Cranberry Sauce as a very young broadcaster down in the RT studios in Limerick, uh, and they were just incredible, even at that stage. They had that, that wow factor, didn't they? What was amazing, people say to me, the first time you saw them, was it like the Beatles in the Cavern Club? And I've got to say no. She was incredibly nervous, and she was looking at her feet, the wall, the drummer, everybody apart from the crowd. She was so nervous, the voice was was going all over the place. But every now and again, she'd kind of get a composure, and you'd go, well, there's something here. Then she finished her leaving cert and passed, was going to go to UL. But a local guy said, look, I've got a studio. Why don't we spend the summer coming in? We'll spend the mornings rehearsing and the afternoons recording and see how you get on. So I got an invite to go around for a private gig in September. And it was like, okay, I'll go and see the Cranberries, do what they're like. She walked on looking like a rock star. She transformed herself. She was super confident. And she sang Linger and Dreams, the first two songs she ever wrote, by the way talk about beginner's luck well it wasn't luck and she played about five or six songs which was half the debut album my jaw was on the floor i was going how did this happen the transformation was one summer and after that i just knew and alan you you get instincts sometimes but very very rarely i just knew they're going to be huge yeah yeah you recall the 18 year old when you first met her as being I'll let you describe her without the, the expletive you used at the end of the description. <laughs> but just uh, just um, describe what you saw. What you well, she, she wasn't that innocent. She was a country girl, and she was very into the church. Uh, she didn't mind that she wasn't seen as being hip and cool. She was her own person. I love that about Dolores. She never tried to pretend to be anybody else. But she had five or six brothers older than her, so she was well used to telling fellas where to go and, and putting journalists in their place if they overstep the mark but she had the funniest sense of humor she was the crack every time i met her she made me laugh and talking to the lads now who are still extremely sad the morning for their friend but they remember after a few minutes of being sad they start swapping stories you you, and then the laughter comes and you have got some stories i mean you've got uh exclusive new material with the likes of Michael Stipe and Simon Laban and Zucchero. I, you know, to collate all this information, it must have taken an absolute age. Well, to be honest, we started at the beginning of lockdown and here we are now. But you know what? Trying to get someone like Michael Stipe is not easy. They have their promo phase, but after that, you, you can't get hold of them. I found a weird email for their manager around the houses, sent it off, and I thought it would bounce back. 
um, it was about four o'clock in the morning, American time, within about a minute, an email came back and thought, oh, it's the wrong address. But no, it was Bertis Downs, the REM manager, saying, I've just spoken to Michael, and I'm going, it's the middle of the night, and he will definitely talk to you. He loved Dolores. Simon Le Bon, boom, five minutes. Simon will talk to you. He's at a hotel in New York. He loved Dolores. And it's interesting, so saying to Simon, you know, was, was Dolores, you know, were you the big brother? And he went, I was. But he said, I can't really go into it. He said, I had a really tough time personally. And who sorted me out? Who was the shoulders to lean on? Who, who talked sense into me? Dolores. And I think that genuine fondness and respect for her as a person, right. but also as a musician, was really striking. Derry Gare's creator, Lisa McGee, why? Lisa McGee was 15, living in Derry, during the Troubles, feeling the world didn't care about them. They'd been abandoned, and I can understand that. Um, and suddenly there was this really feisty Irish girl with a crop and a pair of Doc Martens singing about the North in Zombie. And suddenly she was saying to her mates, look, they're singing about us. And she, she apologised to the Cranberries. It was a bootleg cassette of, of that album, No Need to Argue, got handed round her school. And she said, all of the girls wanted to be Dolores, and all the boys wanted to go out with her. So in Derry, she was a heroine. So again, you know, there was a song written maybe in a bedroom or a hotel room about a very raw subject, the Warrington bombings in the North, striking an absolute chord. And you know what? I think the genius of Dolores, and of course Noel, is those songs are striking a chord with young kids now. Look at Irish Women in Harmony and Dreams. A whole new generation of people might have known who Dolores was, but that song still connects. Yeah, surely does. Uh, did did you keep contact with her right up until the very sad end? Or when did you last I, I saw her about 18 months before her passing. And, and the terrible irony is she was in such a good place. She was in New York, hiding in plain sight. It's a city that doesn't mind about celebrity. They leave you alone. And, you know, it's easy to forget at one stage, Alan, she's one of the most recognisable women in the world. She was selling more records than Madonna. She couldn't leave her hotel room. She sung for not one, but two popes. She was on stage with the Rolling Stones. You know, she had to tell Ronnie Woodoff for catcalling her. She's wearing some, some hot pants. Actually, Michael Stipe tells a brilliant story. It's a little bit racy, but not too racy. He was just saying she had these amazing costumes. And one day he was in her dressing room when they were touring together with R.E.M. And it was a, a rubber mini skirt with spikes. And Michael said, can I try it on? Apparently there's a picture but I couldn't get hold of it. Right. So the idea of Michael Stipe wearing Dolores' rubber dress with spikes is a great one. Yeah. But, you know, whatever challenge presented itself, she rose to it um, and, and made it look easy, which, of course, as we know, it isn't easy. It surely isn't. I have to leave it for the moment, George. People looking for a good read for Christmas uh, from the musical world, this is the one. You're going to say that, aren't you, Stuart? Yeah. Well, I, I'm contractually obliged to. We're doing it all direct, actually. It's the modern way. It's hotpress.com forward slash shop, hotpress.com forward slash shop, and there's a bundle with a free subscription to Hot Press and all sorts of things going on. Yeah, don't leave it as long to chat the next time. It's, it's, it's about three or four years since you and I last had a natter. Really enjoy that conversation. Wonderful one, and having met her, powerful, wonderful person. Um, thanks for sharing that with us this morning, Stuart. Lovely talking to you. Good Cheers. morning to you. That was Stuart Clark there from Hot Press, remembering his friendship and the journey that taken by the late, great Dolores O'Reardon. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.